function in. So like Brussels and like all the Belgian cities are just like circles, giant circles, because like the elite and all the money and all the nice like parks and public spaces are in the middle. And then like as you work your way outwards in the ring, it's just like lower and lower classes that need to feed the center of the city. Oh, oh that's kind of like a Chicago. Is it also like a defensive battle thing? Too? Chicago isn't wasn't constructed that way, but they kept that in mind. So like Chicago was like worried about war or like what? No, no, no. Just about how to best like mechanize the economy. So like it was built and they changed the flow of the river because they needed like Chicago was like a grain hub and an iron ore hub. So they needed boat access to both the river cities. from the lake. Yeah. Building cities. And then like it just talks about how it's like so then like once they got like once like all the granaries were set up, then people just started growing wheat, like in the outer rungs of the city, and then eventually the meatpacking industry started and then people started raising cattle on the outskirts and destroying the grain the grain economy and then the grain mills shut down. You know where Kendall College is? In Goose Island, mm. those fucking giant yeah. cylinders, yeah, 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 that yeah, was a yeah. grain mill. Those all held grain oh, once upon a time. Those are big as hell. Yeah. That's a lot of Hey, grain. that hangs in my office. I haven't Jesus even gotten to that Christ. part of the book yet. That's weird. You guys are... Hold on. Uh, Jack, do you have a bottle over there? I need it. One second, bro. Yeah, I haven't even gotten there yet. Like, I think like the first chapter is just called like rivers and railroads. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> just like pages and pages and pages like statistics and like what happened. But I was way too unconcerned with my education to care about what I was reading at that point. Uh, to retain it. Yeah. No, I thought it was fascinating. It was just like it's just a lot. I got yeah. a whole. We all had to read excerpts <laughs> of it too. I got a whole read book about stuff. fucking railroads, but I haven't touched it yet. I read the <laughs> died in a conductor set. No, just for that. It's the saddest TV death of all time, dude. Dude, Bobby just killed right while now. fucking with his toy trains. What's that episode called? Blue something. I don't know. It's called Blue something. I never remember all the names of the episodes. I'm always really caught off guard when people are like just know all of them off the top of their head. I'm like, would you watch it seven times? Like, it's a lot of Sopranos. I saw a funny headline today. Um, why? Man United should break the bank for Killian Mbappe. The bank would be what, five hundred million dollars? <laughs> I don't know. Like, dude, they almost broke the bank for Sean Longstaff. They almost spent fifty million on a ginger. On the ginger shaggy. <laughs> Can't do that. Who, who do you think the highest paid ginger of all time in any profession? Whoa, Rupert, Rupert Grant. Oh, Carrie. Oh, Carrot Top. Oh, okay. I thought that was a guy's name. I was like, oh, he's Ginger too? Is Larry O'Brien? You don't know Carrot Top, right? He's Carrot Top. He's the comedian. Oh. He's the prop comedian. He got like, he got like, uh, Botox and his face is all fucked up now so he can't be in movies anymore. He looks very weird. Very leathery face. Yeah. He looks kind of like Sean White. Sean White could be up there too. Oh, Sean White actually probably has a lot of money. But also, I mean, he's probably like one of the more well-respected ones here. Cause nobody makes one more grabbing right here. Like, looks sweet when he's like snowboarding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about like Shiv? <laughs> <laughs> Fictional, but yeah, probably actually the richest one. 
Is Larry Bird like an honorary ginger? Like, I know he's not technically one, but like, like if you like shook him, probably turn into one. I consider him one, I would say. There's definitely like a private bank Scottish citizen that's just like, want, like doing some like Swedish bank account stuff. That has right there. Um, you know what? Are there going to watch Derek Rose play the Hawks or an actual legitimate NBA contender Derek play? Derek play the Hawks. Not even a question. Okay. I kind of want to see what's going on. The baseball players right now. The only one that comes to mind is Matt Merton. Not a lot of ginger baseball players. No. It's not a lot of ginger. It seems like a sport where there would be a lot of gingers in baseball. No, like rugby probably, but they don't make any yeah. money, so they're not going to be on this list. <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely like an English actor that's in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. For Game of sure. Thrones, Redhead. Ed Sheeran, dude. Oh, Ed Sheeran, very rich. <laughs> it's a new one. That's actually a good one. Ed Sheeran has to be like top three. Yeah. Okay, so we are recording now. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, G Unit. Uh, everybody, here. today is Thursday, October 24th. We are in G Unit. Got Stapleton. Hi, everybody. I'm Brandon. And then our second ever guest. Sam. Hey everybody, Sam. Excited Happy to be here. here. Happy to be here. Ready to talk sports. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a loyal listener. Uh, I was going to ask you, have you ever, have you ever yeah. listened? Because <laughs> our first guest, like, 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 you never listened, and then we're like, well, you're going to start listening, and I was like, no. I was like, it's fine. So I got to be honest, I listened really? to the first couple episodes, I like the structure, um, I like the recurring bits that go on, um, the point that I did turn it off and go back to Spotify was uh, uh, the defensive war conversation. <laughs> that was a that, little hard to yeah. get through. That was a tough one. We yeah, really I, botched given, that. I'm a little removed from baseball at this point, but that was... The funniest hard. thing was like, well, first, okay, so you're very removed from baseball, then you might not know that we were just being like the dumbest humans on earth when we were discussing that. Like, we just got it, like, completely it wrong. It was, like, ironic baseball, like, deep baseball. Oh, you were just pulling stats out of your ass. We were just, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, 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 both of us, like, thought about it later, like, what we were actually saying, and we were, like, that was, like, just wrong in every way whatsoever. We were just, like, A lot of it got deleted because we were completely incorrect about the definitions of what we were talking about. It was great. (laughs) That was the funny thing, too, because, like, the recording, like, we went on way too long about it. And then we all, like, in, in the recording that we actually posted, but the actual conversation went on, like, three times longer. <laughs> and, like, it got way, way, like, dumber as it went. So it's, it's kind of funny in the drafts, but, yeah, that well, was a little bit tough. I gotta be honest, I, when Defensive War came up, I'm surprised that you didn't bring up Atlanta Braves shortstop. What was his name? It's like, it's Andrelton Simmons. There you go. That like, guy's defensive yeah. highlights are it's fucking kinda, insane. It's kind of hard to not bring him up when you're talking about any defensive stat. Yeah. Because he set a record. Yeah, so Sam's one of our two fans. Chad will be in town uh, <laughs> in three weeks. We'll have to get him on. <laughs> basically just us talking to Chad. It's the bi-monthly return of Chad, Chad trying to convince him to come back full-time. <laughs> oh, no, he's convinced. He's just looking for a job now. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so we're going to get a Chad influx soon. It'll be a boon to the Chicago social economy. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank just God. Long, just as long as he's in Humboldt area, we got to keep it within like two square miles. If he goes quick, he would probably maybe move in with like Peter and Will because they're trying to fill a spot. But he would have to go quick. He'd well, it'd be like next spring. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be that quick. Yeah, but they're gonna be looking like now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they have to make a decision like with their landlord probably. You used to live with or, uh, Peter and Will, right? Yeah, so we lived at a different spot in Lakeview all together with one other person. 
Um, and then, yeah, they lived in, like, Old Town last year, and now they're back in Lakeview. Um, yeah, their apartment's cool. sweet. Like, I actually, like, really, really like that place. I hope they keep it. Peter, Peter Hayes, I, I, uh, it was, it was interesting to hear, uh, Peter Hayes talk about his, he's a lawyer, right? No, he works in finance. Who's the lawyer? I thought you said Peter Hayes. Jack Casey. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking Peter literally did my mom's track. Just go to Ripon and become the most prominent lawyer of all time. I think he, um... (laughs) I think that that was was, was, (laughs) Is it true? My mom is retiring, and she said that she might have to take the bar in North Carolina if she ever wants to practice in North Carolina. Yeah, every every state has their own one. You have to, like, pass it in that state to practice in that state, which is a huge pain in the ass. What a scam, yeah, no, it's a big thing. That's a big part of being a lawyer. Because it'd be like, oh, like, we might get, like, this client from Colorado. Like, do I have to, like, start getting ready for the bar? And I'm, like, 48 years old and, like, have, like, kids and other responsibilities. Like, yeah. it's just, like, kind of, yeah, you just, like, get certified, like, over there. There's a lot of professions like that. Like, if you want to, like, sell insurance and, like, you have to get, like, certified in every state you're doing it. Yeah. Which, that's also kind of a I hassle. think a lot of them... I think some transfer to other states. I know California is one of the more annoying ones where it's like mm-hmm. they you have to take the California bar. Yeah. But like I bet in Indiana they're just kinda like, Oh, you got Illinois like transitive property, that shit. Like we're just Indiana, like come on. Yeah, I'm sure there's some like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some, like reciprocity going on. But yeah, I don't know if it's probably like any law we test in Indiana is less rigorous and less rigid than any law that exists in Indiana. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. like how that functions. Just like just turn down the volume by eighty five percent and now you're in Indiana. <laughs> I was thinking of doing something similar to that as a Christmas gift for my family, but I've been going back and forth um, on whether this is a uh, inappropriate, uh, I guess, uh, request of my family to also, like, a big part of my gift is a requirement that my family uses a large portion of their own money to (laughs) complete the gift. Ah. So I was thinking Ah. of getting Cubs tickets um, when they play the Cardinals in London this next summer. Um, So I wanted to get, like, seven tickets or five tickets and have my uh, family open them all together at once and then... And, and then like, oh my god, Cubs tickets, and then I'll just be like, yeah, let's, let's figure the rest of it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this is not all-inclusive, like, it's really yeah. just a ticket, like, for the baseball game itself. <laughs> well, the whole thing is... I mean, uh, I think as long as you go ahead, far enough ahead of time, you're good. Yeah, and also... And uh, you know they can buy a ticket. Half the thing is I kind of want to sneak, like, a little side soccer ticket to my dad in the deal, and just be like, look, mm. the Cubs are cool, but you know why we're going to London. Um, and I'm really into this because I think Euro 2020 is going to be yeah. at the stadium. That's something really that cool, also like but... doesn't need to be a surprise. You probably like, discuss it with everybody and then like get them on board and then buy the tickets. And like they probably, I mean, the surprise would be really fun like in the moment. Yeah. But then like they'll get the tickets and then like you see their brains turning. They're like, wait, <laughs> like where's this? Like yeah, I, I thought that, about like, that too. Yeah. And, and, and like, think... it, like it'll be like really exciting and then it'll like start to get like less exciting. Well, like, the logistics start, like, the logistical <laughs> side of the brain, like, start trying to figure out what needs to happen for this to, like, work. The logistics, <laughs> the, the logistics is very stressful, and I think that my plan for getting around that was to just tell one of my family members, so at least some, like, portion of the surprise could be sustained, but, I mean, I was just gonna, like, ask right. my sister, because somehow my sister has, like, access to, like, my 
mom and dad's personal life that I just like don't I don't know ever or my brother too like I just don't know what they're doing like if, like the like the Cubs are playing the Cardinals so you in, like, can get July. a read you can get a read on everyone through your sister I don't know what the fuck I'm doing like tomorrow afternoon but if I like ask my sister I'm like can you find out like if anyone has plans in July like she's coming back next day with the full calendar so <laughs> I I think I have to I think I have to break the news to it to at least her. That's not uh, a bad strategy. You know what that is? You know what that is, Sam? It's what? middle child, like, superpower shit. That is middle child. That's what it is. Shit. Who's the middle child? Your Her sister. sister. Okay, yeah. yeah. That she's the Wait, th- I'm, I'm the middle child. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well. <laughs> we have the youngest one. Like, we got we got smarter as we went along. So, like, my youngest one is, like, she, like she's, she's the most responsible one. Like, she's got it all figured out. Like, Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's th- th- unfair. They get to learn... I'm the oldest child. There's no example. <laughs> I was, if you're the youngest, you need to learn from the other two. But you also That's got the most true. attention for being the oldest. I got so then, like, much attention. When you were like a baby, they're like really trying to not mess anything up. Dude, I and then like so much by like their third one, they're probably just like, yeah, they're probably fine. Like we'll fear in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you're right. It, it balances out. <laughs> uh, but one thing I just want to say about watching baseball in Europe, this is like the one thing I know about it. It's like Unwan went to a baseball game in uh, France and like nobody watches baseball, like nobody understood what was going on. So for like a routine, like fly out to left field, like the whole audience would be like, oh, he got it. Like it's like sort of cheering. But then somebody would like steal second base and like no one would react. (laughs) And he was just sitting there like, this is like so backwards. Like... (laughs) Well, I mean, they know who played it. It was Yankees Red Sox this last year, right? And the weren't the fences like the fences were like three forty-five to like left and right, and the game finished like eighteen to sixteen or something. <laughs> That's like Yankee Stadium, hey. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> part of the game, man. Yeah. Um, oh, it was like a more critical part of the game. All the different bar- ballparks. It was less standardized. You know. What are you talking like Ty Cobb era when fences yeah. were like yeah. seven hundred feet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like six fifty. You just had to build it. You build it where it fits, and in, like in Brooklyn, like you got a two fifty right field and a five hundred center field. It's like, Nothing like Abbott's Field, man. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah, this kind of cool thing about baseball though, is like the, all the ballparks aren't the same. It's not like football is like a standardized like yeah. field, and that makes a lot of sense for that sport. But yeah, I do like the kind of quirks in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. Jack, did you see the Kyrie Irving? Some slide attempt. Yeah, I like that. Actually, would have, would would that have been like one of the most like legendary like yeah. game winning shots of all time? It might have been, even the though theme. it's just like game one of a regular season, like random. No, it might have been. It might have gone down as the most legendary like basketball play to ever happen. <laughs> like, because he did. I bet he well, did it that. It wouldn't have been like, that. In New York, but. Oh no! I would have been like I would have been like Kyrie for president if that went in. Well, <laughs> who's that basketball player from like the 1950s? I always see like black and white YouTube videos of this guy like getting on his knees, dribbling like between players. Like his his nickname was Hot Rod or something. Was it the Gold Trotters? <laughs> no, it wasn't. That. It wasn't the Gold Trotters. It was an actual NBA guy. His name was Hot Rod. Hot there was Rod. no three point line yet, um, so he resolved that issue by just dribbling. Past five players forever, and then eventually scoring two points. Yeah, well, yeah, in the game they, finishing four. They used to something. go on their knees like that a little more. Yeah, but yeah, that's I mean, what the Kyrie move reminded me of. Yeah, and like going back to the Kyrie like end of the game miss, like that would have that would have been one of the probably more like legendary regular season ones. Uh-huh. But it's hard to like put that against like Jordan like game six like against the Cavs like that shot or like yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> anything sure. like that. 
Um, but I mean, like, right, as far as regular season goes, like, a 50-point, like, debut for, like, the Nets, like where the you odd, just hit, like, that buzzer beater at the end of it to, like, win the game, like, that actually would have been, like, really sweet. The audacity. Yeah, just... I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he just fell down. I thought so, Watch too. Watch it I thought... again. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. That was the smoothest fall I've ever seen in my life. He did a breakdance move. That was He straight up was on balance the whole time. Oh, man. Uh, so this is changing the subject. I just found this amusing today. I was like sitting at my desk at work, just like reading the news at 3.30 in the afternoon because I was mentally checked out of everything. I saw a headline. It said, Deer fatally attacks hunter who shot him. Jesus, I just went on a journey. And I was just like, I, like my first reaction was like, yeah, let's go deer. So, like finally found yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, does that make me? I was like, that kind of makes me a bad person. I think I probably shouldn't. I don't think so. What? I, saw, no. I, saw, I saw a very similar clickbait title to an article today that uh, was a picture of dogs like chewing at a car. And initially I was like, what are these dumbass dogs like chewing on pieces of metal for? And then it says, driver opens door to kick stray dog out of the way. Dog comes back with his friends to take revenge. And they just like chew this guy's like bumper off. It was amazing. No, I, I think. Holy shit. I mean, animal rights all the way. Yeah, I'm like, 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 like 2200 bucks to like get a new bumper. It's just like, I really shouldn't have kicked that stray dog. Like, <laughs> oh my god, how can you kick a stray dog? But yeah, the story with like the deer, like apparently he like shot it like in his like deer hut nest safety area. Thought he killed it. Like the deer was just lying there, like left his gun behind and then went to go like check the deer. And then the deer just impaled him with like the antlers. Oh, that's awesome. And then, like, there was, like, there was, like, a quote from, like, the coroner who was, like, looking at it. He was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> like, like, there's, like, no precedent for this at all. <laughs> like, they're not even going to do an autopsy. Like, yeah, we know what happened. <laughs> like, like, this guy died. The deer got him. <laughs> I was watching Moose. One of my coworkers, Chella, one of my coworkers lives in Alaska most of the time. And she, when she's in Chicago, she'll, like, work on the truck for, like, a couple weeks, basically. And we were talking about moose. And she showed me a video of a moose. Ju- moose can die of up to 20 feet. Did you know this? In water? In or water. Holy like shit. Like a fucking scuba diver. That's terrible. Like, and to get something off the bottom? To eat, to eat plants. Like, oh. water plants. Like, so yeah, I thought there were herbivores. No, it's to go get algae. It's like seaweed, yeah. Kelp or whatever the fuck's down there. Right on. And she showed me a video of a moose on the side of a cliff that just like dives off. And this motherfucker is 18 feet tall and just kind of like does <laughs> like a belly flop. <laughs> like you see the legs go out. It's kind of like how a really clumsy person would jump into like a, into like a big river or whatever. I was like, wow. Was that, these moose fear nothing. Yeah, and then moose it came up like, and it was yeah. like swimming around. And one of Moose's, whatever, Moose's main predators is uh, the orca whale. What? What? That's probably their only predator. One of the top <laughs> three predators of Moose is an orca. And this is what? There's a meme about it. All right, it. so what about in, like, Colorado? What What's the top predator for a moose there? Probably not an orca, but there's some... Like wolves? There's a bunch of moose wolves. that live in Alaska by the ocean, and they're trying to eat some kelp, and... I really want to see a video of an orca are. eating a moose right now. I like, I'm definitely going to look that up later. Oh, man, there's no way there's footage, but I would pay 
I would spend the rest of my life paying payments to see that video, like ten seconds. Just, just like, like hire like a like a Google that what is it, Planet Earth like crew, just be like, all right, this is all we're trying to look for. Like, like go find it, guys. Just like you take the next two hundred years and like find the moose. Like put trackers on every moose on every orca. Let's fucking go. <laughs> There's nothing more important. I had a dream once. Uh, really not a good dream that I got uh, chased by a talking moose. Jesus Christ! It was really terrifying. What, moose are very the, dangerous. Was it like, voice like someone that you knew, or no? It was just kind of like a typical like big bad like evil voice, and it wasn't like the moose was like moving its lips like in a really bad like made for TV movie where like the animals talk. It was just like in my brain. It was like like from its brain ah, to my brain like telepathy. speaking to me. Yeah, like telepathy. Uh, that, like a playground. And I like ran up the playground equipment, and I was like, "This is not going to be tall enough. <laughs> like, this, this, like this moose is coming to get me." <laughs> you needed that young thug playground equipment. You would hire. I've actually thought about that, uh, like a, like going to like an adult park where like you do monkey bars, but it's like a twenty-five foot drop, so it's like actually you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like when you were when you were a kid, you're like, "I can't fall." Like that's scary as fuck. What What was your favorite piece of playground equipment as a kid? Oh god, um, hey, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up with a lot of variety in my park life. I lived you got very, a couple parks nearby. Yeah. Very nearby some parks. Actually, the best park is in not our hometown. It's the Kenilworth Park. Kenilworth in Chicago. They got they got rid of that. Oak Park. Well, oh, that was the pickup park. Yeah, they picked up the whole fucking thing and just brought it somewhere else. See, that's a tragedy <laughs> because that had. I think you know what I, my biggest, uh, my favorite one was the bridge, a drawbridge, not a drawbridge, just like a bridge that's kind of like wobbly. It's like swinging. Yeah, it it's makes like, the, it's noise. Like the chains. Yeah, yeah, chainy bridge. Like that was my favorite. It was just, I don't know something about the sound and the feeling of like. Bum, 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 bum. Sure. Yeah. I was a big wood chips guy, so. In wood chips, you're blind, so sound is very important. So those things were always your friend if you were it. I always enjoyed the, uh, what was the, it was the, the handle attached, it was a glider. It was like, a like zip oh, line I yeah. felt like fucking Tarzan whenever fucking I rode that zip thing. I saw, yeah. I've never seen, like, Under I swear to God, I've, you know, over, like, all my years playing in parks, the only thing I ever saw people, like, get hurt on is one of those. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's so what that you have to respect the, the most. Right, exactly. So that's why that's what we're here to for. that. Well, that was the best part, because, like, you'd always want to do it as fast as you can to feel like Tarzan, and there was no way to stop. Like, you just hit the end, and it's, like, a very <laughs> abrupt, and you just go flying. <laughs> like, like, all your momentum is going is forward, and you're only hanging on by, like, your hands. So you just like fall like backwards. You got like, to your rack. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, you got to. <laughs> it was a cloud thing in elementary school too. Like it was definitely like a, a social contest, unspoken one. I've oh, but a social contest. Who could go like back and forth using only their momentum? Like how many mm. times could you go there and back and there and back? And we weren't smart enough to know it was just like a core strength issue. Like we, we didn't know what was going on yet. <laughs> it was just like I don't know. It might be. I might suck. I might just be the worst person ever if I can't go there and back. I was also endlessly amused by that one at Washington Park where it's just like that roller that you could like stand on and like run. Yeah. And like yeah, hold the handles. It was awesome. And like oh, that, yeah. I think part of the reason that was fun was because like it just felt like danger every time you did that because that was another one where there were no breaks in that thing. Like, like it only ended when you fell off of it. <laughs> I had a very... There was... It was like a before Christ 
after death moment for me like my experience of parks before i hung out with the skateboard kids and then after mm. because those kids like i thought i knew the park like the monkey bars you do this the, the glider you do this they just started climbing on everything <laughs> they're like i'm just climbing on everything i'm doing like a tightrope walk for no reason <laughs> like 25 feet in the air like that's somewhere you're not supposed like, to be like <laughs> functionally yeah. 25 feet in the air because we were like 10 you know and it was just like well i can't do that it was just like next level balance and fearlessness and i was like well the park has been turned on its head now like i've been doing it wrong i was not being imaginative enough one place in the world where there's still like dangerous parks that you could go to have more fun at apparently we just like being in danger while we're playing on playgrounds which, oh yeah, yeah, yeah um is in delvin wisconsin because all that shit was built in, like, the 70s, where you just have, like, those, like, great big metal slides that are just, like, a thousand oh, degrees yeah. in the summertime. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. tall. Yeah, they're really tall and yeah. really fat. Like, depending on, like, the weather, basically, like, how much the humidity was, like, making you stick to the slide. Sometimes you go down them, like, like lightning, and other you times, like, your you're shirt like, Yeah, you do. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Metal burns. And they have this one structure that's just, like, a ladder, and you go, like, really high on the ladder, probably, like, nine, ten feet. And then it like levels off and you keep climbing. And then there's like another like five foot oh, ladder shit. after that you climb up. And then there's no like goal. Like you just get to the top and you're just way high in the air and like you're looking at the basketball hoops that are there and you're like you're like well above like where those hoops like are like ending. And then oh, at that yeah, one yeah. there's just like no good way to get you just like back down the ladder and go down. And you can like still do that one as adult, and that's like kinda like what you're saying with like the adult playgrounds where like there's danger. Like if you just fall off that, like that's yeah. gonna be a problem. Yeah. I also enjoyed the uh, the ring around the rosies or whatever they were. The things that like you could jump on. There were handles. Oh, and they just those were definitely. Dangerous. And you have like you have like he's like six foot three in third grade, just like yeah. push you as hard as he can, which was his favorite thing in the world, putting other people in danger. <laughs> the first sadist I ever met. Yeah, the youngest sadist I ever met. <laughs> I'll pay you $20 to hit you as hard as I can with a splintered wooden bat on your <laughs> And you're, like, weighing... It's, like, a legitimate, like, like cool trade. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you have, like, no way to obtain money at that age. You're like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like, yeah, but we were talking like, about... it will hurt a lot. Because you look at him and you're like, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> Dude, we were talking about this the other day. Just probably has eaten every animal organ known to, like, human, human consumption just because... Pay him like a hundred bucks per. Well, and Dylan's been all over the world. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! This was in like fourth grade. Yeah, yeah this wait, was like wait, 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 wait. What are we talking here? Like they would murder a squirrel and like eat its. No, 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 no. Oh, this is like in, in school. So I'm trying to. So if I was we were I dissecting a frog. Right. We had to make we had to make some like what do you call it model diorama of uh, a cell. Not even. Yeah, it was. You're right. It was a cell with candy. And it was with. We did it with. Jello and like raw eggs and like oh because we dissected those frogs so the yeah so like, all they well, were let's save those organs we can use those later so we fucking had frog <laughs> organs in there like yeah so just like I'll give you like fifty bucks if you just take a giant spoonful of that and eat it. Everyone just had fifty dollars, which is like there was cash laying around. It was just what I don't know. Was yeah, he was like describing. Like yeah, there's just like a drawer in the house with like money, and you just go and take out the money. Yeah, it's it. pretty simple. It's like all right, you're he honestly was using it for good. The cat. Was he? Yeah. I don't know if he was. Pure <laughs> entertainment. Really sadistic. It was also just an idiot. He would eat like... No, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Completely inedible thing. It was his fault that was willing to do that. Think of it that way. It takes two to tango. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all 
I have a vivid memory of uh, a soccer tournament. Just such a bad <laughs> I like the pay of a soccer You get to like pay people for like sex and just like weird things like coercion. That. <laughs> yeah, just like straight up coercion. <laughs> no, we were all we were all like you know like ten. Like none of us needed the money. Yeah, <laughs> we true. weren't yeah. buying our own food at this point. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to rub. We're gonna. That's say? fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a memory of a soccer tournament when we were all sitting. It was like some giant. Uh, kitschy, like, this is a barn, restaurant type of deal, and we had finished playing, like, four games in one day or something, and we all went out to eat with our parents, and all the kids sat around this big table, it was, like, 12 of us or something, and we all just started, like, compiling, like, the ends of our meals into this giant mug. It was oh, one this of those is places classic. that gave you a frosty yeah, oh, mug with your root beer. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, like, God. someone got ribs, so, like, rib bones were going in there, oh, yeah, and, like, yeah. eventually we dumped, like, a whole thing of salt in there. <laughs> just, like, everything we could find on the table. Hot sauce. And sweet eventually, low. Like, just sweet yeah, low. Yeah, sweet lows, too. And, like, like, the most critical like ingredient is sweet and low. Dylan didn't even take money for this one. Of course, no, no, that's, that was kind of my point. There was not real coercion happening. We were doing it for clout. It was all clout-based. Money was not a concern at any point in most of these situations. Oh, I can't, that's actually grossing me out right now. People were snorting Cheeto dust for no money. I have a video uh, of a high school glove. Snorting um, Sour Patch Kids sour salt, whatever the fuck that See, is. Yeah, high school, picture sticks. High school, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were a little. High school's like a little. Cause like you too late. It's just kind of getting you know you should know better at this point territory. <laughs> that's like that's like Tom swallowing the load. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 I also like doing the, uh, I, I never did this, but yeah, like the picky stick sto- like snorts in like Pixie middle school. Because oh, you're in like sixth grade, and like you don't really understand what cocaine is yet, but like you know that you don't people understand do that snorting not, or anything. Like, yeah. You know that people like do that and you're not supposed to, and, and that's like enough to make it funny for everyone. you like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We used to, yeah. It was all clout based. It was all clout. We would do, we'd do everything. Everything. We would have fights to the death for no money. <laughs> like fist fights? Yeah, like actually like in the woods. Like yeah. In the woods with 30 people watching. We weren't even placing bets. It was just like, alright, who am I going to respect after this? <laughs> We're going to beat this time. <laughs> We're going to have to bleep out so many names in this and like that's going to make it funnier. The funniest part is we can find a different bleep noise for every name. Yeah, you're right. No, no, I could definitely do that. The funniest part is we'll now be getting bleeped for two episodes straight. That's true. I think we're transcending bad pot etiquette by just, if you name so many names and incorporate the beeps throughout, it just becomes a thing. Yeah, I think we also kind of just like make fun of ourselves enough for like, I think it's fine. Oh yeah, I'm not worried. Oh, I'm not worried about any ad hominem attacks. I'm like, yeah, like, it's all true. I was, I was, what's your point? I was thinking about the one from last week. That actually wouldn't be that hard to figure out for somebody. I was thinking that too. Sam, did you know who, did you listen to the Did you listen to the last week one? Um, oh fuck. We're going back to my beer. Um, that's fine, just leave it. The table was seen way worse. I'm gonna strip that up. Uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, sorry, for the listeners, that's. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you uh, would probably love this podcast. I gotta. I'm just gonna message it to him directly. Be like, uh, no, but then he'll know because we're like, oh, I think he works at a car shop, and then it's like a very specific thing about his fucking Facebook status. It was one of the things that was bothering Jack, and after Jack told me, it was bothering me too. I'm cutting it all. I'm cutting everything. Was Are there you was want this? No. Okay. Not yet. I can't smoke and... Oh, I forgot. See, I, sometimes I don't know what year it is. I can't smoke and talk at the same time. I just, like, get brain dead, basically. Oh, you know what? That's actually a good point. I'm gonna refrain from smoking okay, cool. as well. Like, I'm, like, way less interesting when I'm high, which... It's usually it's like a lot of times it's the opposite for a lot of people. I don't know which way. I think I go back and forth. Like my brain synapses don't fire fast enough to like keep up with like a conversation. We're all like going. If I'm at That's work, true. I get dumber. If I'm at leisure, I get smarter. The thing is, when I smoke, I get uh. I, first of all, smoking weed is just really cool. I think talking about smoking weed is just probably one of the coolest things that exists on the podcast. Hey, we're talking about podcasting, not talking about smoking weed, which actually might be worse than talking about smoking. We're talking about <laughs> true. We're talking about verbal expression, all right? <laughs> That's true. Anyways, I, I was like, I think that I just get so in, entrenched in my own thoughts that when I'm smoking, that if I'm not controlling the conversation myself, I will completely zone out and I won't even listen to anyone. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the exact same way. Bunch of solipsists in here. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, you're fine. No worries. No empathy. <laughs> no empathy. Smash radish over here. Going back, baby. That was also like the funniest thing about our. I thought our last podcast was Saturday was hilarious, which I don't. Yeah, you love like, it. Like, uh, it was good. So like I Brandon, enjoy them. So like Brandon just started smoking halfway through it, and you could hear him just like picking up the lighter, like snapping it, just coughing. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I did. I listened to that episode. I remember that. It's yeah, like yeah. Lil Wayne. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like while well, I'm trying to make a point, and just your brain like, <laughs> like set everything back baby. down. I, was like, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> anyways, prepared talking points. Uh, I came, I came with a glove story. I don't know if you guys... Oh, I'd love to hear it. Glove stories. Do you know, you know who Glove is, I'm assuming? Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I never met him. Who? <laughs> um, well, this is your guy's no, It's podcast. better to call him Glove and then we have to bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you guys introduce the Glove since this is, this is your deal here? Uh, how would, how would you, is a deep if you could question. put the Glove into one sentence. This is a deep... Deep, deep question. Just what, one sentence. Let me try. Oh, dude, we're in the. Well, doesn't know how to listen to podcasts, so this won't be an issue for him. Yeah, he got a glove. <laughs> got a smartphone. Oh, here, got a smartphone for the first time in 2016. That's my sentence. <laughs> so, anyways, the by glove. choice, not out of. By choice. So I was, I was, I was with my. Uh, I was gonna hang out with my girlfriend yesterday. Um, Oh, we she don't talk it. about girlfriends on this podcast. Well, we oh. can. No, no, nobody's ever had one on the podcast. So, yeah, we, yeah get us started. My shining moment. Um, so, my girlfriend was going to come over yesterday after class, um, and it was like, I guess, 8 p.m., and I'm sitting there um, putting decals on my model Supermarine Spitfire MK2A. Um, and me It's and, a plane. It's an airplane. Oh, yeah. What, um, can you explain that a little bit more, actually? Uh, Supermarine Spitfire was a, an RAF plane, the Royal Air Force. It was a British plane um, that was famous for its heroics in the Battle of Britain. Um, okay. They fought uh, the German Messerschmitts. I don't really know the model numbers of them, but the Battle of Britain was a, a very historic 
um, airplane, air, airplane battle. Um, it occurred uh, while the Germans were bombing London. Mm-hmm. And the Spitfire, they had this this plane, the Spitfire, and this plane, the Hurricane, that they used. They were the best dogfighters that England had. So anyways, I'm building one of those models, um, and Glove is just kind of sitting there, and we're both being quiet, and then he mentions that uh, he would like some ice cream. And me and my girlfriend had talked about <laughs> going to get dessert. And so I was like, well, you can come with me and my girlfriend if you want. Her name is Elizabeth. I guess I should just use Elizabeth at this point. But uh, Elizabeth's great. Me and Elizabeth were going to go get some ice cream when uh, she got to my place. And I was like, Glove, you are welcome to join. And he's like, I don't want a third wheel uh, an ice cream date. And I was like, well, that's fair. And but it's goes, like, we're not like 16 years old where that's like, <laughs> like it's like we're all just kind of all adults now. Like, right. It's not, it's not yeah. like we're fucking in the ice cream. Yeah, it's like you guys are like sort of making out like, like <laughs> yeah. the ice cream place. Like you just gotta like sit there and like wait. They've also been dating for like how many years? Three years. Three yeah. years <laughs> on October <laughs> That's also important context. Yeah, this is like, great. This is this is an anniversary. This is just like a person podcast. that you know, not just like yeah, exactly. like some yeah. guy's girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. So glove. He asked. He asked where we're gonna go to get desserts because I mentioned we were going to get desserts, and I said, well, I don't know. We'll probably just go to some ice cream place around here. And uh, immediately, no, 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 no. You gotta go to 99th and Western, the original Rainbow Cone. It's got the best ice cream in the city. My mom used to take us there as kids. I was like, yeah, I mean, my parents used to just take me, like, to Peterson's, which was, like, six blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you want to spend more money yeah. on gas getting there than the ice cream itself, yeah, that's like, up to you. I'm not going to, like, go to, like, the Indiana border to, like, get an ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah. Everything no, he man. fucking buys. When I, when I had to get a new mattress, bust down. when I had to get a new mattress, I got a guy, Tony, he'll get you a good mattress. 150 bucks. Where is he? He's at 55th and Marquette. It's like, I Dude, just, I can't. Oh, I actually gotta respect that, though. Like, you gotta have those, like, guys. Like, having, like, guys that, like, can get you things. That's but always... he doesn't actually have these guys. He just, oh, like, they wants just don't to know have him. These guys. <laughs> he just, like, no, here's, here's another, here's another one sentence description cosplaying as a 55 year old Chicagoan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy. Cosplaying part. We love Glove. Um, he's hey. been our dear friend for our whole lives. Hey, wait, no, help. he's also oh, like one of our, one of our more interesting friends too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 too. Yeah. Let me say this. My, you can attribute about thirty. No, that's too much. Uh, <laughs> you can attribute about twenty percent of my conversation skills to that man alone. Because, like, the length of our conversation... Like, I, that's our whole thing. It's just, like, the glove's favorite thing is conversation itself. Yeah. The concept of conversation. Everything about it. Like, this dude, like, really treats it as, like, the highest priority in his life. Hey, I mean, you know what? I haven't seen him in a really long time. Is he in River Forest right now? Oh, oh, he lives with him. <clears throat> oh, lives with me and the goose. I guess I haven't seen you in a while either. Yeah. Okay, I've got another one that we could just roll out here. This one won't take that long. Uh, I stole this from Reddit. I didn't come up with this myself, but I thought it was funny and a good question. Legitimately good question. Would an eight foot Cristiano Felicio be an all star? Yeah. It's too tall. You know how tall that um, is. I, I want to know the weight of an eight foot Cristiano. Does he retain the I same that amount of agility? Same proportions. Everything's the same. He's but just, as you get bigger, I mean, your agility slows down. Like that's natural. 
So it's like his, like when you were asking about his weight, like he'd probably be like 435 pounds, like based on how heavy he is at like a 6'8 frame. I saw that man eating in a restaurant and he was the only one left with food at the table. So that kind of spoke volumes to me about him. I actually worked at a, uh, an Argentine restaurant and the hostess was from, uh, Sam, I need your help. Brazil? Believe El Salvador. And, uh, her friend <laughs> was dating Cristiano Felicio. Oh, cool. And she did not know who he was. And I was like... He's not very good, but that's good for your friends. I mean, it's good if you're, if you're not being the NBA. I mean, you're like... I mean, it kind of doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. yeah, right. No, right, right exactly. Baseline. Also, from Brazil, like, what are you... You're aspiring to be the next Nene or something, you know? There's not, like, high heights to look up to as far as Brazilian basketball yeah, players go. Yeah. Remember when, like, Jimmy Butler somehow made him look good for, like, that one year? I actually gained a lot and of respect for the contract. I like gained mm-hmm. a lot of respect for Jimmy Butler for that. <laughs> like yeah, that was like really impressive, actually. Yeah. That's okay. So true. anyway, so eight foot Felicio, I think he would be an unstoppable force on the offensive end, but like he wouldn't be able to get back ever on defense, which would kind of like ruin your team, right? Are we just assuming this guy can't? I'm obviously an immobile player. Like we have Boban as a reference for an immmobile giant boozer. Boozer is like 6'9". Yeah, he wasn't even a giant. Boozer was, was just... Tall. He, he was all offense. He was skilled. But like, I, I think about like Taco like Fall, where if like Taco Fall is like too big to play, but like... If, even it, taller, larger. Like Taco but like Fall, if you're 8 feet though, would it like start to tip the scales where now it's just like, oh wait, you can literally just dunk every time we give you the ball? Mm. You can dunk so easily if you're 8 feet tall. Like, your wingspan doesn't even have to be that large. I mean, you wasn't Manute Bowl an all-star? I, I've never seen any fucking tape of Manute Bowl playing, but my dad it always was, talks about Manute Bowl is actually a really terrifying figure on the court because <laughs> I think he weighed 200 pounds while being 7'7", seven, seven, so he was like Slenderman. Yeah. And that was actually his issue. Yeah, it was like legitimately terrifying. There, right? Like, not like scary as in like, oh, how do we stop this guy? It was like scary as in like... Like, you look like a horror movie figure. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he died. Exactly. He died from, like, Tolman disease, didn't he? He died because, like, his heart couldn't keep up with, like, the blood flow that his body required. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a concern. Like, some Robert Wadlow shit. You need like, Shaq gonna die in, like, five years? I'm, like, kind of worried about that, too. Shaq just has to go fair. vegan. It'll be fine. Uh, Sam, we would not... We would be making a huge mistake if we didn't ask you this. How many are in a couple? I listened to this whole episode... And I'm gonna come in. I was hoping you didn't, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Objectively, no. You you guys brought up this conversation, and I have a very hard line stance. <laughs> oh, a couple great. is two. Oh, a couple God, is two. Jesus fucking Christ! And it's no more than two. A couple of has a separate definition <laughs> in the dictionary than a couple. Did you know that? That's that's what we found out, and it just kind of fucked the whole argument. Oh my god, what, you think I'm gonna give you two Skittles if you ask for a couple? You think I'm gonna give you two? You no, actually you'd be a that? dick if you did that. You actually- You think you use every single word in the English language, like, to the dictionary Which definition every time you speak? No, point. words are malleable, like, there's, I mean- Exactly, I guess that, was that, that, that was my whole argument! That was my argument ten years ago! 
All right, it's but like, that words aren't real. All right, but that doesn't change like Sam, the, the, my idea of the, the argument you brought up. <laughs> that was brought up ten years ago. We <laughs> talked about that for so fucking long, and I remember specifically. We're gonna keep whipping out names here, like <laughs> coming in from the clouds on this. I don't know if you guys remember. <laughs> oh, I do. But he made that exact argument, and I was like, <laughs> I love you so much right now. Like he just and <laughs> was like the older. Per he was like two years older than us, or one. He was like sure, the yeah, age. Yeah. We had to listen to him. Okay. And he was right. I mean, both. It just was a perfect storm for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a couple is two, and also words are malleable, and I get to decide on definitions by my case damn by self. case basis. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wait. The other... It's like my rules of the road. The you know my rules of the road. I have two rules of the yeah, road. Yeah, I know. I'm when I'm driving, I, so this is the the rules of uh, basically driving, and I have two of them. One, when I'm a pedestrian, I have the right of way. And the second one is when I'm driving, I still also have the right of way. <laughs> so, right of way is, is, oh, yeah. is, it has a hard definition as a phrase, but to me, even though it has a definition, I can interpret it in my own ways. Yeah, it's like, I'm just and going wherever, I, wherever I need to go fastest. So. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Get out of my way, everybody. I remember I was po once pondering the phrase, it takes two bad drivers to hand into an accident. And I was slowly started churning that into like... I can do whatever I want because everyone else is going to get out of the way. <laughs> Probably, like hopefully. Well, you're just accustomed to driving that truck too. I well, mean, now I have a whole different mentality yeah. for driving. It's like kind of terrifying. Actually. You also have apparently more tickets than anybody on planet Earth. I've got plenty, yeah. Hopefully not more than I when last time, but I haven't checked, honestly. Yeah, I had that concern too because like, I knew there was a ticket that like I'm pretty sure I didn't pay. And then, like, I think if you get, like, if you accumulate, like, three of those, like, you get a boot. And then... That's not true. I've lived, I've lived that lie many times. Oh, that's not actually true? Mm -mm. Well, it was kind of stressing me out because it was, like, one of those things where it's, like, if I actually type my, like, license plate number into, like, the Illinois, like, website and, like, find out for sure, then, like, I would have to pay the fine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, you know what? I'd actually feel better just kicking the can down the road forever and just never actually doing that and, like, hope it doesn't go back to haunt me. So it was just like, as a human being, I was just being a piece of shit, but it was like, yeah. it was just, it's usually easier that way. Yeah. And then like, if they were going to send a ticket to me and mail it to like my parents' house, like I, I probably wouldn't see it. It would just get mailed there and I would just never. I Is that a thing? Like I never saw the mail. Yeah, I've, got, no. I've actually got a situation like that going on with one yeah. of my old apartments. I'm not so, going to get into it, but. <laughs> so then I. That's uh, how it goes for me too. They mail it back to my parents' house. My, my interpretation of parking ticket laws comes straight from Liar Liar, the movie. Like, I thought that, like, you could just rack up as many parking tickets as you wanted until some cop, like, pulled you over and you couldn't, like, lie anymore and you had to say, I have over 100 unpaid parking tickets. That's like, I thought, I thought that you that, could just do it forever. That was exactly what I thought might happen. So I eventually did look it up, and apparently they were all paid for, so I actually did pay the one that I thought I didn't pay, and I didn't accumulate any, so it worked out fine. But that was, like, exactly my thought process, too, where I was like, someday I'm going to get pulled over for, like, Speeding or getting a car accident, and then you're like, actually, like you have to go to jail now until you finish. Yeah, your car is ours now. You can walk the rest of the way. There is a person that I know that I once saw had a door. Their bedroom door was a door like this, a normal sized door for those listening, covered 
in parking tickets, there must have been at least 30. This person, um... This is a name drop friendly podcast. We can say that it is a worst name you could have said for that <laughs> so like that's so like that transcended that just transcended any i just at that point i was like no one's ever doing anything about the parking tickets <laughs> which i also have backup evidence for as a food truck person because i just watched <laughs> they get mailed to their house but i just watched that stat girl like i watched my manager just take one and throw it in the garbage like it didn't even matter and i know they get them like online or to their house like the owner's but, like, I don't think they're paying. Like, well, ultimately, also, ultimately... There's the, just a very gray area. Well, with the food truck, it's a little different, too, because for the for the listeners, I uh, worked with Brandon on the food truck for a year and a half, about... Enough um, time. Enough. Plenty. Yeah. We, uh, we had plenty of... Sam got me on the fucking food. He was on the oh, truck indeed, first. Yeah. Um, but they fucking sell that car that gets those parking tickets back and forth to each other, the owners... They sell that car back and forth to each other for a dollar yeah. like every six months, so they can like literally erase the parking tickets. Is that really how it works? Yeah, that's like yeah. the funniest they thing. Sell and the I respect. Over. I like. I really, really, really respect that like so much. It's hardcore. Yeah. I love a good loophole, and they are just they're all the parking tickets go away when you sell a car. I think so. Yeah, I think that's how it works. And ultimately, like even if they did, even if they got caught and like they got the car towed, like. This thing is, it's like... It's the worst it's, car ever. It's like a 450,000 miles on it, like... <laughs> it's just like you can have it. Yeah. It Astro never goes more than three blocks from yeah. where it lives. Yeah, it's fucked. It I, gets crashed into daily. Going back to, like, the door of parking tickets, like, I also, do like, have, like, no respect for that, because it's, like, so easy not to get a parking ticket. The amount, yeah. the amount me almost means, like, you're consciously getting like, a ticket. Like, that's, like, a flagrant time. disrespect for just, like, it's, like, I, I'm going to park here and I know I'm going to get a ticket and I don't care. Yeah, that's which, a like, different level. Which is a level I actually can't get on board with. Well, how about this? What about in this scenario? You have an office downtown and you're, like, I could pay for uh, a yearly parking spot. And it costs this much. But then you do the math. And you're like, if I just risk a ticket, like, I'll get caught, like, what, 60% of the time? Mm -hmm. You add all that up for the year, and it's less than the parking pass. I've thought about that a lot. Is that... That doesn't sound like the case that was going on in that that door of tickets. Yeah. It's not the same. It's just a different uh, path. Would say that I'm actually okay with. That I'm okay with. Because you're still just like gambling. And literally, you do pay it though. You eventually pay. You pay the tickets, obviously, but you're saving like what, like a thousand dollars on the year or something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to get the right words out for this one. As long as you're not in the way of someone that like actually needs a parking spot. Yeah, because if like you're getting a parking ticket like on a street, like on like a corner, that means you're probably like blocking like a pedestrian crossway or like something like. Um, more important than just like a parking space, not like just an like office a, structure. Like a permit situation. Yeah, because then you're like you're becoming just like an impediment to like society at that point, just like racking up like the type of parking tickets like in that setting. Mm-hmm. People allege that Randy Moss ran a four three three in flip flops at Marshall. <laughs> There's a video on YouTube of him running a two hundred. 
I believe it. In flip-flops? Are a lot <laughs> Not of, in flip-flops, This probably. is the second time we talked about a football player running a track event on this podcast. And both of those videos are some of my favorite videos in the entire internet. Because there's like this really grainy like 90s footage where it's like there's no... Like, Randy Moss It was literally like somebody like the holding original... a camera that like recorded into like a tape. Like, original... it wasn't, like nothing was like digital <laughs> back when he was doing this. He was the original Usain Bolt is basically... No, I mean you see both. That's a whole different. I know, I know but I know. Um, until that point, though. Yeah. No, Randy Moss was terrifying. But I always always laugh because like I like because like the combine will come on ESPN for the NFL players. Yeah. And then like they'll run the forty, and the players will like I need to get a competitive advantage. I should get some track spikes. And then you'll see people wearing like the type of track spikes you would wear for running like a ten k. And that always cracked me up. Oh, because like, they just <laughs> typed like in track spikes to Google and didn't do anything. Yeah, they were like literally like like buy like the one like like, like track go spikes. to like 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 athletic what was like Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, Dick Sporting yeah. Goods and just like grab like the first pair of Nikes. Like, oh these are pretty light, like I'll wear these. And yeah, they'd be like shaped for like a runner running like six point two miles yeah. and like trying to do that most efficiently, not running like a hundred yard dash or whatever. But how much time is that gonna shave off your hundred yard dash? If you're a football player normally wearing yeah, like yeah. fucking whatever point oh one if yeah. you're lucky. It's not going to matter, but I appreciate the fact that I have the knowledge to know that, like, they're wearing sure, a spike sure, during yeah. their 40. Yeah. So, like, no, it's not going to, like, affect the draft stock, but I was just thought that was funny. Are, like, uh, cross-country runners into the shoe game as much as, like, soccer players are? Uh, yes. It's, uh, well, I don't know how much the soccer players are into it, so you'd have to talk about that a little bit. I, I mean, we, what is there? say i mean roni has is it like the colors or like the effectiveness of the shoe which one oh is yeah one? okay so yeah soccer players are all about like the color and the look okay whereas i imagine track and cross-country runners are probably not the opposite yeah yeah so like there's this trend well, in running footwear that i don't understand and i've talked to unwan about this at length we actually just talked about this the other day where it's like everything's really like brightly colored and loud like and i don't know who like wants that it's like, like, cause I was looking at like the model shoe that I wore when I was running where they like put my feet the best. And like, that was like what I was best in. And like, that's what I wanted to run in every day. So like, I wouldn't get injured. Cause like, if it's off a little bit, like your knees going the wrong way, like that actually matters. Oh, yeah, shit. So like, like running shoes, like they're, they're like different, like, um, this bad podcast and do it in my hand, but it like depends on like your foot strike, like what shoe is going to like work best for you. So like the one that worked best for me was like bright, like purple and pink. That was like the latest model. And I'm like, who asked for this? Like, why? <laughs> and like, I couldn't figure it out. It's like, it's like running shoes across the board. It's like Nike, like Asics, like Adidas, no matter what it is. They're all like as brightly colored as possible. And I don't understand why like people are into that or even if people are into that, because I'm not. Dude. Is that what you're asking? I'll give you the short answer. It. Look good, play good. Yeah, sure. That's mostly what soccer players are about. But I mean, we did have like cases, um, like guys on my team would have to wear Adidas cleats even though we were sponsored by Nike because Adidas cleats are wider and I think it was also just these foreign kids were just kind of prissy and didn't want to wear Nikes. I wore Adidas my whole life bro. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of wanted to do that. But I mean there are like subtle differences I guess. Like there is a difference between players who prefer conical spikes versus like blade spikes which doesn't matter in soccer because you're not wearing metal spikes most of the time they're, they're just plastic so there's not much of a difference but yeah um so i guess it's similar then i, I, mean, I guess soccer... it probably would be similar for soccer because you are running around like a lot and you have them on for like a lot of your life 
Like, you need one that, like, works for your body. Yeah, it's different by position, too. Like, if you talk to, like, an old head in soccer, like, they're just going to be like, I don't know why anyone wears plastic cleats. All you need is, like, the simple Adidas Copas. You just get the leather, and they fit like a sock, and that's all you need. So there is, like, a leather versus synthetic thing. Uh, There's a weight issue. Like, goalkeeper is a goalkeeper. Like, it doesn't matter how heavy your cleats are. Um, but as a forward, obviously, it does. You want to run as fast as you can, so most of them wear, like, the lightest cleats they can. Yeah. And, like, there are some cleats that are looser fitting versus tighter fitting, and I don't know. It depends it's on the your foot, too. It's yeah, like, it's almost like a style contest. But that doesn't vary as much in, like, that varies brand to brand for soccer, more so than, like, within a brand, like... Nike has, like, a couple different wide versions that, like, the only difference is going to be synthetic versus leather. Yeah. Which is, like, the only, like, real opinion that someone can have. Yeah, that's actually the exact same for running, too. Where, like, my toes are, like, kind of wide. So, like, Asics shoes would have, like, a narrow heel and a wider toe. Mm -hmm. But then Nike shoes would be narrow all the way down. Sure, So, like, I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Where it's, like, depends on, like, it's, like, like, the brand is more important than, like, the actual, like, shoe model almost. Because, like, they'll right. their shoes, like, certain ways. Nike right. shoes are narrow. Like, even these are narrow, and they're not even what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, and some guys also just, like, completely break off trend and... I'm trying to think of an example. I Oh, so guys like uh, David Louis and Didier Drogba, guys who, like, perfected, at least for some amount of time, like, the knuckleball free kick. Didier Drogba was wearing cleats that were, like, a size and a half too small. Because he wanted his toes like oh, yeah no that's some next toes. level shit about that's a next level that's some he next wanted level his cleat toes shit to like scrunch up in the end so the the like the toes of his cleats could be like rounded off like super thick so when he kicked the ball it would have more opportunity to get topspin yeah I don't know anything about soccer so like I'm trying to imagine like doing a knuckleball with a soccer ball you'd have to do that with like the direct tip of your foot right? yeah you have that to do it with your toe. toe like you can't yeah. do that with the side of your foot right because mm-hmm. it's just gonna naturally no no well right, guys yeah. guys are learning to do it with like. Yeah, they're, they're like bunion. They're learning to do it with the ball of their feet. So, they but like it doesn't go as fast. It's and it yeah. doesn't. There won't be as much action, like movement, mm-hmm. knuckle movement. Like you want as much power as possible to do the knuckle movement. But there's other times where it's like they're so good that they can get enough power on it. But then also there's like a floating aspect if to it yeah. with to the see, bunion. If you need to see the perfect knuckleball free kick, it is Cristiano Ronaldo, two thousand and seven against Portsmouth. In the Premier League. There's a reason that when Ronaldo... Look that up, and you will see exactly why. There's a reason that when he would he would score a lot of long-range goals and just, like, point at his thigh, that's where that the knuckleball action that's is. True. It's your fucking thigh. You just gotta be, like, a monster. So I'm trying to think, too, like, so when you're a soccer player and you're trying to score a goal with a knuckleball-type kick, like, what's your mentality? Do you just, like, aim right at the goalie and just hope it, like, flutters any direction and confuses him? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure like Tim Wakefield. Like I'm pretty sure when he threw a knuckleball, he would just aim right down the middle. And this is off three kicks only. Knuckleballs. So or can they? Can he like steer it? So the the actual swerve of a knuckleball, like a Tim Wakefield knuckleball, where it's just moving all over the place, actually probably comes into effect more so in gameplay than from like dead ball situations, like set pieces, fouls, um, free kicks and shit, um, because. In those situations, the goalie is like not anticipating a knuckleball and not and like moving around, getting set for the trying to stay in position and shit. Um, and certain like players nowadays are more able to like knuckle the ball whenever the fuck they want. So like a moving ball, dead ball, whatever they can knuckle it. But like in terms of 
dead ball free kicks, I think that players realize that if they hit a knuckleball, they could hit the ball like twice as hard. And it would still have the opportunity to go in just because if you knuckle it right, even if you hit it like four feet over the crossbar, that shit might just fucking drop in half yeah. a second. Yeah, I guess my, what my question is, is like, was he like, I'm going to knuckle this top right? Or yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna oh, fucking yeah. knuckle it and like it's like a prayer almost. Like, you, you pick like a ten foot little range. You, it's it's not like a prayer. It's like my best strategy, but like I actually don't know where you probably goes. pick a third of the when ball. you're no. I mean, when you're hot, you're hot. Like if you're like scoring free kicks, then you can probably like are more confident in yourself of placing knuckleball. Like if you watch that Cristiano Ronaldo free kick, like it's very obvious he was going for the top right corner and he hit it. Like, right on the, you can the ball's never going to You can hit it. a Steph Curry zone. It's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. A soccer ball is never going to knuckle more than, like, a foot and a half at a time. And since the goal is so big, like, you have a big area to aim at. Okay. Um, okay. So there is, like, an aim. But, like, if you're not hot, like, if you, like, Cristiano Ronaldo, after he went to fucking Real Madrid, like, his it. second year at Real Madrid, like, he just you have to be he hot. stopped it's hitting very... knuckleball free kicks because, like, he just started aiming for the goal because he couldn't fucking control it's it. Very yeah, it's very ephemeral. Super yeah, ephemeral. Yeah. That's interesting. There is a guy that uh, used to just be able to do it from like... Jack, it would be like the equivalent... Well, I guess now it's almost like normal to be able to shoot from half court. But there's this guy that could do free kicks from like twice as far as... Uh, Juninho. Oh, Juninho? Okay, yeah. Twice, like way farther than everyone else. Like weird like it didn't make sense and he his whole career was like that guy i think was an actual magician like the like merlin like a real life magician like he was like <laughs> yeah merlin yeah very he famous existed. very <laughs> very famous free kick against barcelona from like 10 yards off the goal line you remember that one merlin himself 10 yards off no, the goal fucking line fucking juninho 10 yards off the goal remember line remember juninho's what uh, do you mean 10 yards off the goal line like he was, he was like by the corner flag, but like ten yards off of the goal line itself. Oh, he was like, like by the, the sideline, side, from the, the sideline, side. and he hit that shit like forty feet into the air, and the goalie came out because he's like, oh, it's a ball in the air, I'm gonna go catch it, and then it just goes like straight into the corner. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird though. Knuckleballs are kind of out of favor these days. They're not super consistent. They aren't, and but like, what's going in the like this shit where Messi just bends it right is what's up, right? Yeah, like, and then the other game is like fool the keeper into going right or left, like you know, you got if you're hot, you're hot. That's just really what it comes down. I mean, Dimitri Payet a couple seasons ago scored like what, like eight free kicks that Premier League season, and then even Willian, Willian couldn't stop scoring free kicks like two years like last year. Yeah, no, it really it's crazy. There's so much variance to it. It makes it really interesting. It makes it... It's almost... You know what? This is what it's like. This is what it's like. It's like special teams. Fucking kicker turns. Like, Hester, like, that one... When you're... I think it's exactly the same. If you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. And it's that rare. Not rare. Oh, is it about the same amount? No, it, it's it's not as rare in soccer. Because there's always someone who's hot with free kicks every there's year. There's just also a lot of free kicks. It's true. Well, there's a lot of kickoffs in football, too. Yeah, but it, they got kind of... Move oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah. It's true. But oh, man, they should never have done that. Well, that means just Devin Hester's written. To, well, no, but he's Hester, a now. He's Hester in '06 was his rookie year. He obviously got hot, and then he kind of the next two years was like whatever. And then in '09 he got hot again, and he scored another like eleven. 
I'll never forget the uh, most terrifying stuff. The 100 to 900 yard return against the Colts. Dude, I watched a video. I watched a video of him like describing that, and he was like, "I told my son." He he was almost like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have told you guys." He was like, he said the most important part of his uh, success as a kick returner was to like pause for a second right after he caught it. And it would like totally mind fuck the defense and make them all like stop, and then he would go. And he said the best example of that was the kick, the kicker, t- the the missed kick, hundred and nine yard, where he like started walking, but he totally did that on purpose. He's like, I wanted to make the defense like stop, and then like immediately like go. And he told them, he said uh, when he took it out against the Giants, when he took it out of the end zone, Brian Urlacher was like, No, 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 yeah. and then he just was like. I, I'm going. Like, and then Brian turned around like, all right, let's go. Well, okay, so we got two things. I, I want to chime in on both of those. I really just have a lot to say about the subject. <laughs> <laughs> so the field goal one like you were describing, part of the reason that one worked is because when your field goal unit's on the team, those are all linemen. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So when Hester caught the ball in the end zone, it was a little, he, he just kind of ran a sweep. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm like 50 yards away. And I can beat you to the court, like to the edge right now. <laughs> and just fucking took off. And it was like revolutionary. I can beat you to the edge? <laughs> he's like 50 yards away, like standing at like midfield. And he's like, I got, got it. I have the, he was like, I got the angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Erlacher like tried to slow him down. And then Hester's just like, dude, there's like less than a minute left in this half. Like what, what else is going to happen here? And just like went. Um, that was a really fascinating one. <coughs> he, like, teleported. Yeah, I guess there was actually precedent for that, because Nathan Mesh did that, too, in a Bears uniform. Uh, don't even talk about that right now. But going back to that Colts one to open the game... Um, oh, Jesus. I've watched that video so many times, I still don't understand how he turned that into a touchdown. I know exactly what like, he did. Th- it was like, boom, like, 30-degree turn, 30-degree turn, 30-degree turn. He made, like, a... Weird C, yeah, and it was. I'm the he didn't even make a move. He I, I, didn't I'm even make a move. As a Bears fan and a Devin Hester fan as I could get, I think the Colts just like had to have just fucked up their coverage really badly on that. Because like when he does slow down, like you described, which is like a signature move, like two guys just like ran by him, and it was just like, how are you not ready for that? Like, and he just like ran right, and it was just like a touchdown. <laughs> but yeah, the slowdown that that was like the whole point of like. That was something, like, I didn't actually read that interview, but, like, just wa- if you just, like, watch those highlights yeah. off, which... No, I knew exactly. When he said that, I was like, oh, I already kind Like, of that actually that. was true, especially on punts, too. He would, like, a lot of things he would do, he would catch a punt. And I always brag about going to a lot of Bears games, and it's just easy for me to do. When you're, like, sitting in the end zone, like, behind him when you would do that, and he was going the other way, it was really easy to see, because he would catch the punt, and he would just stand there and not move. And then he would just, like, see a lane and would just be, like, gone. But he wouldn't just, like, catch it and, like, try to get 10 yards, like, as fast as he could. And, like, I've never seen anybody like that Chess ever. Chestnut checkers. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was honestly analyzing, like, all those fast-moving parts, like, in the, like, one second he would wait. Yeah, that was another thing I saw, like, when he was being interviewed was, like, he said, like, everybody in the NFL is fast. Like, there's plenty of fast kick returners. He was, like, the vision was what set it, like, set me apart. Well, in Which that, sounds really arrogant, but, like, it wasn't. It was, like, that. No, 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 that exactly. was, no, and that actually is, like, it's even hard for us. Like, I think the kick return against the Colts, he's just, like, he's like yeah, I made, like, the two cuts that mattered perfectly, and it looked easy, but, like, I actually, like, 
it's I was like savanting that shit. Yeah, it's like there's only eleven guys coming at me. Like if I could like split these two guys, like there's nobody behind. Sometimes him. it is. It <laughs> looks really simple. It's a, like he's yeah. doing a t- everything for him was timing based. So like sometimes that looks simple. The Bears also invested a lot of sp- in their special teams at the time, including Hester. They got a second. They used him in the second round. And I remember when they picked him, like, everybody's like, what? Like, who's this guy? Like, he was always a punt returner at Miami. Yeah, he was like a punt returner and, like, a corner. And it was like, well, we know he's not good enough to play corner, so, like, we're just picking him for kicks. And then we also had, like, real, like, like career special teamers, like, all over our special teams. Those like, guys used to be good. No, I think like that Brendan should come back. Like, Brendan that guy? <laughs> no, they, that used to be normal. That guy was just, like, fucking people up, like, on every punt return. Like, you'd get, like, two guys. That used to be yeah. normal in the NFL. You have, like, a... You have the same guy on your special teams for like three or four years and he never plays in the regular team. Sherrick and Bandis There's something to that. Player. They start uh, specializing. Well, they also like moved the kickoff spot so like now everybody can just like kick the kickoffs out of the end zone. Well, that's yeah. like, you don't that was com- the biggest mistake Like you don't have to ever. cover those any- anymore so it's like it really flips the incentives like when you're building a team. Yeah, actually that's probably yeah. the entire reason. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Does he still play? Is he still on like a Falcon? No, nah, he's gone. Retired. Yeah, he was there like a couple years ago. He like he like caught a touchdown in the playoffs. That like I remember that. Or, like he ran a punt back in the playoffs that like got called back because of a penalty, but it was like complete bullshit. And I was like yeah, so yeah, mad. I was like, was, like, I was, like this is gonna that. seal the Hall of Fame case. Like he just like flipped the playoff game like in his like his fifteenth season, and then it like didn't work. I was upset. <laughs> did he retire a Falcon or did he retire a Bear? Oh yeah, yeah I mean, a Bear, a Bear, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I hope so. Hope yeah, no, when he goes into fucking whatever Camden Yards whatever that's called <laughs> uh he's gonna wear a bit like are you kidding me like he didn't do, like come on also uh, that's another great like sports talk discussion where maybe it's a little biased because I'm in Chicago I don't even like but it's like whenever whatever, it's too obvious so whenever anybody <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at it's like whenever he's like oh it's like Devin Hester Hall of Famer and everybody like rushes to his defense saying yes like he's one of a kind we'll never have another guy against him like who are the people out no there saying like agrees. like nope like nope didn't do enough like we're, oh we're, I don't know about that Hester in the Hall of Fame like we're like, like we're, those people literally don't exist like yeah, obviously that's a really, getting into the that's Hall a really of Fame that's a really good point so he'll because we're all because you know there's trauma from these like old eighty year old sports writers just voting terribly like you don't know what's going but have you heard on. anybody <laughs> being like like no Devin Hester not a Hall of Famer no way anyone who's ever been on YouTube by themselves knows Devin Hester is the Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's like even the people who weren't like probably also understand that like it's like I've never heard one person come out and say like anything contrary no. to that you know that actually I just thought of this right now for a similar reason I think you can't argue that um, Vince Carter is a Hall of Famer for the dunks alone just literally like best dunker ever is a Hall of Famer shouldn't that be automatic just kind of like best kicker turner, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Best fair. dunker. I don't care what happened. Like, I think literally 100 people out of 100 people in the NBA, like the young kids, the old guys, would say Vince Carter is the best dunker of all time. Like, so here's, here's an tour. interesting uh, take. We'll switch sports, stay on the topic of Hall of Fame. Baseball has a different culture of respect. For like, let's say lesser players, like so, Devin Hester is like the best punt returner of all time. He has something that he can like lay claim to that he mm-hmm. deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But baseball has this kind of weird culture where they have, and and hockey too, really, 
and I don't really know, maybe football does, and I'm just wrong, because I don't know that much about football, but there's, like, an immense respect for, like, journeymen. Is David Ross a Hall of Fame baseball player? Also, welcome to the Cubs, again. Yeah. Uh, no, good question. Mm. Um, I see what you're saying. Baseball Hall of Fame is probably... Uh, I don't know. It's close between that and football. It's really hard to make the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because there are so many good players in, like, baseball it's history. They're, like, there's, like, this backlog of, like, guys from the 80s who, like, now that we have, like, analytics and, like... Yo, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The analytics, where like, it's, like, people were, Tim like, Raines. Yeah, people were, like, holy shit, this guy was actually, like, a five-and-a-half-four player for, like, five years in a row. And, like, nobody appreciated him at the time. So now yeah. all the nerds are, like, trying to get those guys into the Hall of Fame from baseball. So there's the Hall of Fame's on back order right now? Yeah, there's, like, this oh, huge shit. backlog of guys and, like... Just you like know go- what, though? No take backs. <laughs> oh, no, I don't If you didn't yeah. infect the people enough, like, fuck your shit. Like, um, I don't care about the numbers. But, yeah, I guess yeah. let's just start comparing the Hall of Fames then, because that's kind of what we're doing. I think the basketball one is, like, by far the easiest one to make. Like, they put everybody in the basketball Hall of Fame. That's true. Like, Vince Carter, like, there's no argument he's getting in. Like, that's for sure. Even if you don't get in the Hall of Fame, you get your number retired no matter what by your fucking yeah. team. Like, I bet the Bulls... You think, you think the Bulls are going to retire nine? No. Oh, my God. I hope, I hope not. I bet they put Luol's jersey in the rafters, man. Fuck that. For what? Did you know that Luol Deng is the fifth richest small forward of all time? <laughs> Good for him. Great for well, thank, thank you, Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. I was gonna say, yeah. I, you told me that one. He was. I was telling him. Oh, about here's twenty mil. <laughs> I was like, what? I, like, I literally two hundred to play. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I'll sign five years. Dude, no, it was like it was like four years, eighty four million or something ridiculous. For like, that the Lakers gave him. Oh, and it was God. like, what did they think they were getting? Yeah, that made no sense. <laughs> it was like oh, thirty-two no. and seven. But, but yeah, I mean, like everybody makes old. the yeah, everyone makes the basketball one. Like, I mean, Vince Carter's a surefire. No, but yeah. no, no, no. But like, Vince Carter has no, not much individual accolades, not much team accolades. Like, if you go by that shit, yeah, he's like, kind of a weird border. That's why I lost an MVP or an MVP. Not an MVP. I don't. Maybe an All Star MVP. But like. Best dunk contest appearance of all time. Sure, yeah. Hall of Fame. Well, there are guys in like the it's basketball Hall of Fame. It's like the basketball Hall of Fame. So there are oh, like really, yeah, the really college players who like didn't. Oh, it's college. In That's a who good are like point. in the basketball Hall of Fame. Where like, really? Vince Carter. Yeah. I think Christian Leitner might be in the basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's like, and he oh, didn't do shit. shit like when he's in the NBA. Yeah, so like Vince Carter's definitely getting it. I actually think the more interesting argument for Vince Carter would be, like, how long he extended his career is more interesting to me than, like, how much he dunked. Dude, people signing like, for his jump shot right now. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, he's, like, 41 and putting in, like, 15 good minutes, like, like a couple times a week, and I'm, like, way more impressed by that. What was it, their last preseason game? He went, like, fucking 7 of 8 for and something ridiculous from 3. Yeah. He had 17 points. I couldn't believe it. What started this conversation? Wasn't there a bigger point we are trying to make? Football Devin Hester. Um, yeah. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah. But also free kicks are kick returns. Free kicks are kick returns. They're mercurial. You can't pinpoint them. It's just kind of a, a, a gut or a in the moment feeling. Oh, we're talking about soccer again? Uh, yeah, we were. Because we were talking about like there are guys who are average players at this point. Like... Three years ago in the Premier League, Dimitri Payet, this French guy who was like, he's good. I think he, he's, he's good. He was, but 
That was the only year that he was like, wow, Dimitri Payet is like an 85 in FIFA. He's like, ever since then, and even before yeah, no, that, he, he, was like he, he probably had like 87 in for. Like, like, Dimitri Payet started for France in the in the World Cup. Like, he was a starter for France. For six on months. Team. Yeah, six because months. he could he scored like eight free kicks. Like, every time he got a free kick, you thought it was going in. That's probably the most valuable player, right? Like... You know what it's similar to? It's like kind of like when Jake Arrieta just could control the curveball that one season. It's like that. Yeah. And the two-seater, obviously. Sometimes, wait, did you ever just experience just like, for some reason, the curveball just goes where my eyes are? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like me personally? Yeah. Uh, I had a really good year in seventh grade with my curveball. Uh, Not to brag. (laughs) 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 I actually changed it from like where the coaches tell you to go like over the top and down because like won't ruin your arm. You were like, like, I'm ready. I was like, I'm actually arm. like not going to be playing baseball for probably two more years. Like I'm like realistic about my standing with time like, to ruin the, the arm. rest of like these Oak Park and Forest kids. Like <laughs> I was just like, I'm just gonna start snapping my wrist as hard as I can, and I did that for a whole year. And it was really effective. <laughs> And now, like, when I stand and, like, look in the mirror and, like, put my arms out, like, straight, like, Jesus, one of my shoulders is, like, over farther than the other. And I'm pretty sure that's just, like, from throwing a baseball. Didn't Udwan do that, too? Kind well, of? his elbow, like, his, like, so, like, guys' elbows go straight, girls, like, bend out. He has, like, one guy elbow and, like, one girl elbow from, like, <laughs> like throwing, like, 120 pitches every Dixon Little League game when he was, like, living, like, like the boondocks. <laughs> like, like, the fucking countryside. Like, and there's just no, like, knowledge. You're like, oh, like, you throw the best, so you're pitching every game no matter what. And he's throwing curveballs. Mr. Alcock literally, you know, made it, you both made it a point. He was like, I don't want your arm to get fucked up. He was like, I invented a pitch. It was the drop ball. It was just like, you turn your hand. He's like, you don't have to turn your arm at all. You just, it's all in the bend. Like, curve. Was actually the best listener of us all. (laughs) People don't understand. He's a very misunderstood person. He was, he listened the most to the teacher. In that regard, and it worked. He, 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 it was the best drop ball, like the definition. That is actually true. I never thought <laughs> of that. It was fucking textbook. He also threw really hard too. That was a he was a hard guy to figure out. Yeah, I'll tell you who was the hardest for me to ever figure out: Andrew and Bonnie. Andrew oh, and Andrew's Bonnie. like the easiest person for me to figure. Everyone <laughs> says that. It was a one-zero situation. Like, Andrew struck me out more than anyone I've ever played. Andrew against. took down our whole team one time. They'll talk about it. They still talk about it. That team. They still <laughs> fucking that. talk about it. I just remember I could see his fastball coming. Like I could see like his like you know like when you like recognize the spin on a pitch and that's like what you knew what pitch it was. Yeah. It was like literally like yeah. while it was still in his hand, I could like see the spin of what he was doing, and I'm like, this is. And it was the right speed. It wasn't too fast. It was just kind of. Yeah, He's like, gonna th- no. It was Andrew like you were yeah, exactly. I had like time to recover while I was swinging. <laughs> like if I like guessed wrong a little bit on like the location and just like find it. I I, I was a really bad hitter when we were playing together. Uh, I, was I got a little better when I got. I, I grew in like seventh and eighth grade, and like I got a little bit better. When I was in B league, so I like. When did I was we just play the fucking B league? Uh, fifth, fifth grade. grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Brandon, your dad was the coach. That was the best. Oh shit! Yeah, that team. Okay, yeah, yeah. Holy okay. shit! I didn't even realize this is also uh, that this, was what was okay. So right another now. segment we have in our podcast. It's this, called, that was it's like a... glory holes, glory days, <laughs> where you just talk about like old, like athletic accomplishments that like nobody gives a fuck about, which we're doing right now. 
That team, we lost the playoff game because, Brandon, you hit a bases-loaded grand oh slam God. with four runs in on the inning, and only two of them counted, and then we lost the game by one. Why did only two of them count? Because the there's a rule. six run There's a six run rule. And then it was a slaughter and you, and you go had over. to change the inning. It was like if you had four runs and you scored another four runs, you two of them don't count. And we so we just played out the inning but knew we were gonna lose? What no, the inning ended. No, no, that was like the six. fourth inning. There were still two more innings. And like oh, they, okay. and then it was like a really, really close game and they won by one. We would have won, like won by one. We would have won by one. And, like, I didn't point it out because, like, I'm too dumb. I'm in fifth grade. I don't really say this. And then your Uncle John's like, you know what? If those two runs would have counted. And I was like, oh. <laughs> we, oh, I knew it in the moment. I was, I was like, like this is the worst game. thing. And then they changed the rule the next year to bring it all back around. That was off. The funny thing about <laughs> that, that was the. Oh, he was he yeah, was snapping was... his elbow oh. off at age eleven. Respect. He was ten and a half, and he was throwing like the nastiest curveball on planet Earth. Jump planet, ball. no, but he could control it. Like it was, he went to college and pitched. Yeah, his like yeah, he yeah. built his arm up somehow doing like squats or something and like core movements to throw like ninety ninety one in high school. Andrew went to high school with him. Mm-hmm. So oh, and, he, he and played on the pitches? team with it. yeah. Okay, and then he went to college and pitched, but he like somehow went from like eighty one to ninety one in like a year and a half of high school weight training. There was also a tough time to be a hitter in like little league baseball because the mound was so close, and some of those like bigger sixth graders just threw way too hard. Where like it was oh, actually the, probably the proportionally so harder close. than like hitting like an MLB pitcher because yeah. it was like they were so close. No, and Uncle like, John had the proportion equation memorized like yeah let's he give was... a special shot <laughs> yeah, that was also just the most made up thing in the world and i was here for it the whole time no it was not no i <laughs> that man is very precise <laughs> he just memorized it he's shout out shout out to anyone who gets kicked out of uh little league games regularly from the stands regularly from the stands not as a coach never yeah. as a coach <laughs> um so anyway, I remember that. But part. like the unofficial stage. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. he was—he was like the real coach, spirit leader. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just gonna keep dropping more names. We're gonna have to cut right now. So I remember on that team, we only had two pitchers. It was you and Tony. It was always eighty-five percent as good as he should have been, and I was. But always like mad he, at he would just point. melt down like one over three times out there, and, and you a, would come in, and there was a three-run pitching limit. So it was like in the games for six innings. So, like, we needed both of you to be, like, lights out for us to, like, win, like, against a good team. But then Tim Schmidt would just, like, somehow just, like, randomly melt down, like, <coughs> like partway through his third <coughs> inning. And then I would have to come in and clean up. And I threw, like, at the time, I was, like, tiny and sucked. I threw, like, 40 miles an hour. It was a big difference. It was but super it was effective. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. so effective. It was, like, nobody knew what was coming because, like, it was just, <coughs> yeah, it, that was always really funny to me. Because I would just get out of all those jams. And, like, I wasn't doing anything <laughs> Every time. right. I was just literally, like, not... Th- I was only, like, throwing strikes. Like, my dad engraved my head never walk anybody at, like, a young age. And then I, would, like, got, like, unafraid of giving up hits and only afraid of giving up walks. And then that's like a transcendent that, moment. I, like, that's, a good, that's a good trait to have. But then the next step of that is I learned how to pitch to contact. Right, where they don't hit it as hard. Yeah, they hit so it, like, but they're not, like... I'm like, I'm going to throw this to you low and away, but you're like 11 and you don't know how to go the opposite way and you're going to try to pull it and it's just going to be a ground ball. And I like figured that out and I would just get out of all the jams. It was like the funniest thing in the world because I was throwing 40 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) It was like clockwork though. 
Yeah, that was the thing ingrained to me as a as a hitter I, when I was in fucking strikes baseball coaching with Pat oh, Whaley oh, wow. all those fucking years. <laughs> Tell me every like every day the first thing we did was hit fucking opposite way for like mm. twenty minutes. It forced me to hit the ball to the right side of the net. That sounds really valuable. I talked way too much about my fifth grade baseball career right there. <laughs> well, my uh, dad's glory, 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 glory days. What do you got? <laughs> Well, Brandon was the best player. I just don't do that. Oh, you're too I, like, cool for I that. I fear talk. No, not at all. I fear talk sounding like. <laughs> hey, man, I just went all in. You're going you're, you're to be <laughs> no, like, oh, baby, like, actually. I was like, don't think about this shit. Like, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fair. That's actually probably way healthier. <laughs> just at a human level. <laughs> No, that is I, way healthier. It's not probably way healthier. Like, yeah, that's just a better way to go. Like, operate as a human being. And I don't like sit awake at night. It always this, just like, ends in like the end. And yeah. I'm just like, why did it end? This is terrible. I'm just amazed. <laughs> I'm just amazed, like, how much I remember about that. Oh, I, dude, I, I remember even like more. Like, I. I vividly remember every time we'd go to the mound, and I'd be like, all right, they're fucked now. <laughs> like, they don't know. Like, why did. You know why? Because he didn't have a second pitch. Can you, can you, can you confirm? Ball, ball fastball? Can you confirm? I don't remember fucking How the fuck that? do you not fucking remember that? You were you were catching every single yeah, one Yeah, you of should for sure know that. You were I literally was, like... I was playing soccer in my head the whole time. Oh, damn. Do you think you could have like made the minor leagues as a catcher? I actually like think you might have been able to. I don't. That might be a sore <laughs> subject. I don't want to like go do that type of revision history. You were like literally the best catcher I've ever seen, and like I think defensively, I, I mean like, when I was going, so I decided between soccer and baseball, going into high school. Um, when I turned thirteen, I had kind of started to take soccer seriously, um, starting at like eleven or twelve, and I had to decide between those two. And I remember, like, it was. It just basically came down to like the atmosphere of which I would be participating in. And I was talking with like a couple of guys for this team, this soccer team that I wanted to try out for. And it was like really serious. They were competing in like, they were going to compete in this league where the top eight ranked teams in the country would play against each other in a little like league type of thing and get to travel like all over the U.S. And I, like, I, like, basically did a trial with the team where, like, I did one of those tournaments and we played, like, the eight best teams in the country. And my dad always tells this story. And I don't really remember saying it, but my dad always tells me, like, after one game when we played this team that was ranked number one in the country. Uh, here we go. Glory, glory, uh, glory holes, glory days. Glory holes, glory days. We're, we're um, in the hole. <laughs> sure, boy. Sure, boy. Saves a penalty to preserve a 0-0 draw against the number one team in the country, of which three three players are playing professionally in top divisions right now. Um, that happened, and then in the car ride home when we got back to O'Hare, Apparently, my dad, like, I just told my dad, he's like, I never want to play baseball again. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to play soccer the whole time. But, That's so anyways, yeah. so I had that atmosphere for soccer, and, mm-hmm. like, the baseball atmosphere that I had to look forward to was, like, fucking Chris Ledbetter talking to me about how I would play varsity, <laughs> varsity baseball in, like, two years' time. How I would have to bide my time before I got to varsity, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I was but, just yeah. curious. I wasn't trying to like prod it like regress or anything. There was, no, <laughs> yeah, no, like, no. But yeah. there was also this other thing where in seventh grade, uh, it was or it must have been eighth grade because it was the second year of playing pony, and we were doing the travel team. In our seventh grade year, like we killed it. We went to the like regional final. We were close to going to the Pony League World Series or whatever. And then the next year, we were terrible. Um, and I was hitting so poorly that year that I got dropped to the the seventh spot. I went, from, oh. I went from three to seven with Rob Ruffalo, and oh. Rob like gave me a talk. And he was like, "I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna put you in the seventh spot." Wait, wasn't that your team, Brandon? Too? Were you guys on the same team? No, it was a travel team. Oh, it was a travel team. Okay. He's like, "I'm gonna put you in the seventh spot to take less, to take more pressure off of you." And I didn't really like comprehend because I didn't really think about like position like, or like the, the placement in the batting order i didn't think about how like more or less pressure and like yeah she's like, i'm hitting i was like, like yeah like, i was yeah, like just... i was like taught to be like a opposite field hitter like i was like the ball's gonna come to me and i'm gonna put it in play like that's all i ever knew and then so i got I was the only one who could hit it out of the field and then i like stopped i stopped hitting <laughs> Sam, you're and so good like, <laughs> i stopped hitting and i was like what the this is fucking stupid um, um i think i got the yips in baseball and then also, I just got good at soccer. And fucking yeah, that's funny. He's like, oh, I'm actually going to move down the lineup to, like, save your confidence. And it just, like, destroyed you. You're, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, wait, what? Why? Huh? Like, what does that mean? Really <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah, you just exactly. changed my spot and not said anything. And I would just, like, kept trying to hit the same way. <laughs> that's literally exactly how it went. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Two state championships and three national championships. Done. Who's that shout out to? Right? I'm shouting myself out. Oh yeah, like, that's my last glory hole glory. I got, I got all that. I got all that I needed out of yeah. my glory days. I'm glad how fast you're picking up the like the concept of these subjects or these like topics where you just shouted out yourself in glory days, yeah. which is like the entire fucking point. So good job. <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, talk about uh, topics. What's grinding your gears this week? I was oh, going to say that. Yeah, I got all my done on Saturday. I am really fast. Do you have anything? What's bothering you this week? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Jack. Uh, what's really grinding my gears, not so much this week, um, but um, uh, every, time that dishes, every time that dishes get done... Uh, uh, and, uh, my apartment by someone that's not me. It's not so much the dishes getting done. Well, that's an issue in and of itself, but the dishes getting put away. It's like a lifelong um, battle that like everybody has to like confront. <laughs> sure. So the dishes, yes! the dishes getting put away for me, uh, it can be, can be a little bit of a sticking point. So yesterday I'm... With my girlfriend, I'm with Elizabeth, sitting there on the couch. This is after Glove uh, told us to go to 99th and Western for ice cream. Uh, we didn't. Did you actually go? No, my yeah, girlfriend, okay. I told my girlfriend to get me a cannoli on her way home, and she did, and we enjoyed it. It was lovely. We didn't have to okay. spend $10 ice cream. on gas. Um, what a happy ending. <laughs> um, so, we're watching this uh, TV show, which I'm very much not even interested in. It's my cousin sent me this group text saying that me and Elizabeth have to watch this uh, Netflix special with Jenny Slate. Do you know her? No. She was the voice of Marcel the Shell. She does like a lot of voice acting, but essentially what she is is a quarter bit comedian that got marginally famous and fucking went and got a Netflix show. Oh, it's like like a voice yeah. actress? And then like it's like her first time on camera? And it's just like, wow, you have no charisma? It's, it's like, not wow, her first Netflix time has on... way too well, much money. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, it's not. It's not. She has charisma, and she's like good on camera. Um, as far as like an act, and she had been in like live action stuff too, so okay. she had been in front of the camera before. I was ready to. But it, it was just like it was just I'm so clearly one of those situations of someone who just like isn't that funny, who like hit it semi big and like went for a Netflix special, and she was like so. Her like clout was so low that she couldn't even do a whole hour Netflix special. It was cut with a documentary that she shot of her and like her family. So it would be she like couldn't even do an her hour. doing stand up and then like She didn't have it up sixty minutes? You know how everyone does that bit where like they pretend not to be funny and they just kinda talk in the opening of their stand up and then like five minutes and then be like, Well, I guess it's time to start the special. You know, that stupid, like, that shit where they're like, oh, this is a funny, like, I haven't been funny so far, but now I'm really going to turn it up. She did that, like, 30 minutes in, and, like, multiple (laughs) times, and (laughs) me and Elizabeth got to the point where we couldn't even fucking watch anymore. She was so horrible. But anyways... Were you more mad at your cousin, or were you more mad at this, like, actress? I was actually not mad at my cousin, because in in the special, I saw, like, so many similarities to my cousin. They have an identical laugh, um, and also, they, they have the same personality, and that this girl, Jenny Slate... Um, does a bit, which was kind of funny only because of her, like, bubbly personality and her delivery, um, where she says she has a hard time falling uh, asleep at night because she's, like, way too excited about the next day, which, like, isn't a funny joke, but with her, like, bubbly personality and her, like, essentially, I'm too excited. And it's kind of just, like, shitty humor, but whatever. That reminded me of my cousin a lot, so I didn't, I wasn't so mad at my cousin. Sounds great. Let me tell you who I was mad at. Yeah. I was mad at the glove. And let me tell you why. Oh, I forgot. So we're watching this special. (laughs) We're watching this special that I, that me and Elizabeth are not enjoying. It's not funny. And 25 minutes in, the glove comes in, and he opens the dishwasher, and he starts to put dishes away. (laughs) Somehow... I, I, I've never found this a problem in my own life. He found a way, when he was putting the glasses away, to clink every single glass <laughs> that he put in the fucking cabinet. Not once, but probably five or six times per glass. And it's like, it got to the point, I looked at Elizabeth, and Elizabeth like no, it like understands the glove mannerisms at this point. So she looked at me and she smiled and like did one of those faces like, I'm not going to say anything. Are you going to do something? And I was like, and I, uh... And she accused me of, like, being passive-aggressive with the glove the day before, which is whatever. That's what I do. Deal with it. But uh, I did try and use Very. my words this time. He was literally clinking the glasses together. I tur- I like... What were your did- words? Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> no, I did. Like, there's no other words for that situation. So it's I like, started with I- the passive-aggressive thing. Um, I- he started clinking glasses. I stared at him for, like, five seconds, and he didn't look back at me. And so I went and I turned the volume all the way up on our TV. <laughs> Classic, so Sam like- Classic Sam move. Classic Sam move. It was way too loud to be watching television. That's Sam 101. And some fucking how this man still clinked glasses louder than the t- TV could like be. So I, <laughs> eventually, that. I was like, I was like, hey man, do you think you could not like touch every glass to each other when you're putting them away? I can't really hear the TV. And that's that's very like that's the opposite of passive aggressive for me. That's also um, like just explosive in general because it's like he's unloading your dishwasher for you. <laughs> so it's like first of all, who unloads another man's dishwasher? I've never heard that in my life. Before. Well, he lives there. It's his dishwasher. Oh fuck! He forgetting he lived with Josh. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> scratch that. Um, yeah. So scratch that. Why does this man unloading another man's dishwasher? That's the first thing I can't get. I, I, I actually. That's I, funny. I'm gonna uh, try and get that to happen now. I'm gonna see. Well, apart from okay. my girlfriend, but so 
Where I thought that story was going was that he wasn't putting the dishes in the right spot. Was oh my god, don't even get me started. That's an issue too. That's implied. I don't need to go there. <laughs> and you know why then he puts the stuff in the wrong spot? Because he's not fucking tall enough. He can't reach the top shelves of our cabinets, oh. which is very frustrating to me and Gus because that's <laughs> extra space up there. That's extra storage. We have more room to put things up there. I've but also imagined him putting stuff in a thing where we a plate with like two cups on top of it, and then just like complete chaos like going on, like just no organization whatsoever. Yeah, can is you get that it? an issue? Because yeah. that was exactly what I was yeah. imagining. Yeah, that's another thing. Is like, like how much do you clean? Because you're putting glass cups on like a plate, just like that's like so specific, how you make that much noise while you're doing that. Specifically, right? the thing is, we have like you know how like Tupperware can get to be an issue because you have all different sizes of Tupperware and you try and keep it organized, but somehow it turns into. Uh, I don't even. I gave up on that a long time. It's like a landslide every time my drawers is Tupperware is coming at you. Right. So <laughs> I used to like working in the food truck and I worked in a catering place. So I started working with like you know those like deli like plastic cups that are all uniform size. There's like mm. one pint one quart uh yep whatever yep, yep. um i'll buy those from target they'll still just get so disordered <laughs> right so i got those like with the intention of like oh you can stack these on each mm -hmm. other and just like put them in their own space and we'll be fine they don't yep. their space. i do that uh the next time i see glove unloading the dishwasher we have like a little bucket that we keep all the lids in we don't keep the lids very organized we just throw the lids in the bucket mm -hmm. glove just starts unloading everything into this bucket to the point that it overflows and falls out onto the the gross disgusting wooden bottom of our cabinets that we've never cleaned including like the non-tupperware stuff or just all the tupperwares in one just all the tupperwares in one spot and it, uh, it, it's it's a mess. The Tupperware is just mayhem, and it's like, how does this get this bad? You gotta stack it. What's so fucking? I was kind of thinking about taking the approach where it's kind of like, um, like buying only like one type of sock, so you never have to pair them up ever again. I was thinking about Whoa. taking that approach with like Tupperware, where I just throw it all away and then just buy like the same like reasonably sized medium one, yeah, and then no matter how large or small the portions, just only using that. Sure. I still feel like that wouldn't even solve the problem. Like, there'd yeah. still just be, like, shit everywhere. And I, wouldn't know. That's not no, the I mean, I'm super anal about it. That's not the core I'm super anal about it either way. It's all like, fucking conflict over it. Yeah. I mean, the, I guess the biggest thing that grinds my gears um, this week and every week, uh, apart from the whole glass clinking fiasco of two yesterday, that was yesterday, wow, um, <laughs> is the fact that uh, he does not ever clean out the coffee maker ever and like you know how like when you like does he use it i don't know like if your guys parents are like this but you know how like my mom asks like literally every time i see her she's like i don't know how to use netflix i and i'm like all right well i'll show you now and, I, and i've done this like five times but i've given up because she it's just like a conversation point for it's fun. i don't know how to use netflix you got to come home and show me how to do it yeah like i want to see you but like i need this like guys yeah and, semi type of thing and then also i'm not like committed to learning this so it's just yeah it, yeah, and like I, I, it got to the point where last week I left a note. I wrote a note. I was like, "Clean me," and then put it by the coffee maker. And then I came home and it was clean. And I was like, "What happened to the note?" He's like, "I threw it out." I was like, "You're never going to remember this." And somehow, like explaining to the glove how mold can grow in a coffee maker mm -hmm. is like explaining how Netflix works to my mom. He's like, "I don't understand. Whoa. How does mold get in there?" I was like, "There's like it's... literally there's food material and there's." moisture a lot of it like yeah. open that like you open mm -hmm. up the top of a mr coffee and it's like water droplets everywhere because it's steam in there yeah I but had... the glove is getting at a very important point of, so life just starts out of that 
But we'll go do that another time. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't think that was his point. But um, but he so, accidentally did that. No, okay, my point is, I have two separate thoughts on this. Coffee maker. One, I had a lot of concerns about cleaning my coffee maker as well. Okay. Um, oh, you guys talked about this, didn't you? Huge concern. Yeah, yeah I it was remember like this. the very first one <laughs> bothering me this week. Cause like, how do I prevent mold from getting in here? Sure. Yeah. So I, what I started to do was when I was done with it, I'd flick the lid all the way open. So it could like air out and then obviously I clean the pot and then the lid to the pot separately. So those ones would stay nice and hope like all the water moisture got out of the middle part of it. What I didn't take into account was that there was an extra part in there that I didn't know was detachable. And that part is where like you put your coffee filter on and it strains through going in. I didn't know I could take that out. So I would have been taking that out along with the coffee pot, the lid to the coffee pot, and I would do all three of them at the same time every time. Mm -hmm. I was not doing that. Huge mold infestation. Wow. And like whenever you find mold, it's like the scariest moment. Cause you're like, was the mold there last time? Oh. It's like when you find bread and there's like a moldy spot on it. Oh yeah. You're like, did I make a sandwich with the same bread last time and just like didn't notice it right away? Oh, Jack. can you fucking DM Jack, this podcast of the glove, please? Jack, you are hitting the spot right now with that <laughs> bread comment. <laughs> yeah. So then it's just like, and then mold is so startling where it's like when you see it, it like your whole body recoils. Right. So you're like, oh, it is so deep in our DNA. So to be like, I, of that. I think you always just see it right away. But when I saw that like fluffy mold in that Good like point. trap Good in the coffee maker, I was like so disgusted. We had a lot of issues with bread mold on the food truck. Obviously, we get, you know, dozens and dozens of rolls, buns, rolls, whatever, buns. every day. The The most scary food industry mold moment I ever had was at the catering company. We had our health inspection, and uh, you know how, like, there's, like, a season for health inspection. Like, the end of summer comes yeah. down. It's, like, August. Like, people start taking care of their shit and, like, getting everything inspected, making sure everything's up to date. But they always catch you on something. So. Yeah, it's, like, their job. Like, it's, like, that's, like, how they justify. Right. And it's every, a fucking pony show. <laughs> it's a pony show for sure. But every health inspector has like their one thing that they, mm. that they like look for. That They do. They're like, I'm the guy who actually cares about this one thing out of 49. Which I do yeah. get respect because like they're just telling everybody to be better, which like is probably right. a good thing. No, and they're all just like, like they'll just kind of be like, come on, you know, that's not right. And then <laughs> well, like shame you and then walk away and you're like. She's right. We'll, we'll fix that. Like, <laughs> and, they, and they point shit out. Like, this time it really scared. Like, it really jarred me. And, like, we took care of it, like, ever since then. Because, I mean, there are, like, food establishments no, that try and, like, do well. The food truck is very much have... not one of them. Like, the, Yeah, like, I'm coming from a terrible but... place. And there's also stuff that's, like, in some places you might not know about something. And they, they're like, wow, I found this. Like, it's good that we have you for that. And, they're, and then you're actually appreciative. And then you change whatever the problem is. Right, so we got help. No, you, you always know. Like, you, you know what your score is going to be before the guy gets no, there. No, no, no. no dude. So we got we got inspected. And this guy, this health inspector's thing was ice machines. So he pulls off this fucking, good like, thing. literally the whole good front thing. of an ice machine. That, like, our head chef, who's, like, been a fucking chef of a Michelin star restaurant, didn't know came off. And he points to this little valve. He's like, you see this little, like, tube right here? And we're like, yeah. And it's a red tube. And he's like, that's like the that like feeds the water into the ice maker. So like the water goes through there, and then it turns into ice, and it gets dropped into your machine. 
And we're like, okay. And he's like, you see the red? The whole tube is red. And he's oh, and we're no. like, yeah. Oh, he's no. like, yeah, that's, that's red mold. Oh. And red mold is like the actually dangerous kind. It's like white mold. That sounds like so dangerous. White red, mold and those black two mold. words together is terrifying. White mold and black mold are like fine. You can ingest those, and like the worst that can happen is you get sick and you puke, whatever. Mm. But red mold, it like actually like can live inside of you. So, and this is in our ice Holy machine. Holy shit! We're like feeding people like you're we're, feeding yourselves. We're probably dumping like, like yeah. Yeah. Little soda. Yeah, yeah. Ice in there. Exactly. Ice. Ice. ice, ice. Mold, ice. Is, mold is fucking scary. And like that was the first time I. You thought you were like like a red mold. tube. Yeah, and, it wasn't yeah. red. It wasn't the red. Mold it was red mold. <laughs> like God, directly oh, the water, like literally flowing against this red mold into our ice container. It was petrifying. That's terrifying. That's actually way worse than what I was gonna come up with for like the health inspectors because I I way back in the day I used to work in uh, not way back in the day it's like four or five years ago mm-hmm. I used to work in a restaurant slash bar type thing mm-hmm. and like when you were downstairs in the basement like you would see a cockroach running around it's like all right cockroaches mm-hmm. like keep them out of the food like you can't kill them like you, like you can't like set traps for a cockroach like they're, sure. they're too smart. But then it was like every time the health inspector would come, we'd be like, like we really were just like hoping that they wouldn't see a cockroach because like it wasn't like every time you're down there, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of like our attitude towards it where it's like we know what we're doing. We're just like really hoping that like, the things that like you can't control like that don't come up to the surface. Yeah. Which I guess where I was coming from. But <laughs> the red fucking tube. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, that you think about stuff like... terrifying. Riveting. I mean, then there's, like, the whole weird... I don't know, like... I guess in terms of, like, the food industry, people, like, think about... You know, there's that thing, if you go to Mexico, like, they're like, you're gonna get sick if you eat the street food. Like, that's or just drink not the water. true. Yeah, is that? Like, they can't be. Like, it's they, just they, not true. Like, they don't understand. Yeah, is that, no, like, that the concept of, like... You're, like, firing you know, their meat up enough to, like, where that doesn't happen. Like, they eat the same food that, like, they serve. Like. Right. <laughs> and the whole thing is, like, people, I don't know. I think that that kind of whole frenzy came about after um, mad cow disease came to fruition. Because that was actually, like, a real thing where if you ate, that like, a dope. piece if you ate like a piece of meat from a cow infested with mad cow disease, like, you could get sick from it. But... I mean, like, you're just as likely to get sick from eating a fucking sausage from the lady at Six Corners than you are from eating a taco in Mexico or something, you know? Uh, Do you want to know the most interesting thing I read on Mad Cow Disease? What's that? And this stuck with me. Like, I read this a long time ago. Was that there were, like, farmers in, like, England who they were, like, basically have been breeding their cattle for, like, generations and generations and generations. Like, literally, like, the same lineage of, like, cattle... Um, going back like, like over a hundred years, yeah, like from like the, like the eighteen hundreds basically, and that was like a big deal for them and their families who have just been like passing down the farms from generation generation generation. It was like they're also passing the cattle down like with them, and like they felt like a really deep bond like with those cattle that they have been. I mean, they've been slaughtering them for meat, but it was like it seemed like the relationship between the humans and the cows was like. Like, a good one. It was, like, they're, like, grass-fed, like, they lived in a field, and then, like, everybody knew what was going on between the two of them. Well, and their families, like, went back together for that long. Yeah, exactly. That's the crazy part of it. Yeah, and then, so then when the mad cow disease came on, like, the, like there were, like, farmers like that who their cows were, like, very, very in quarantine, like, just on their property, and then the government went, came in 
and was like, we're slaughtering every cow, like, in existence. Like, you guys have to comply. Whoa. Because, like, they needed to, like, eradicate mad cow disease. That's almost, like, heartbreaking. And then it was, like, the people would be, like, literally, like, telling, like, a Native American to, like, kill your buffalo. Kill the buffalo. Yeah. Yo, that... Holy shit. Don't talk about the buffalo. I I can't think about the buffalo for too long without, like, getting really sad. Speaking of which, what are you trying to eat tonight? Oh, my... God, what'd you have for dinner? Um, I ate chili. That sounds great. Was it exciting? 926. Uh, <laughs> no, it was like... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. Save it. All right.